welcome to the Cork Church Podcast. We are so glad that you are joining us today. We hope this message inspires you, builds your faith, and encourages you in the things of the Lord. Enjoy the message. So good evening. Um, We're going to jump right into the Word. Uh, something, something that I've been uh, studying and reading over the last two weeks, and um, it's blessed me. It's it's helped me. I've been greatly challenged. I feel like it's deepened me and it's helped me. And so I'm going to bring this word to you tonight. And uh, we're going to be looking at the Book of Revelation. So open up the Book of Revelation. Uh, put that open on your lap around Revelation chapter five. That's where we're going to go, and we're going to go into God's Word. Um, and I want to look, uh, look at two figures in Revelation that are going to gonna stir us, I believe, tonight as we get into the Word. I'm just going to pray, and uh, we'll delve right in. Father, we love you, <clears throat> and we thank you that the book that's in front of us, Lord, inspires us, informs us, encourages us, corrects us convicts us, motivates us, humbles us, fills us with boldness and courage, and even holy fear and reverence for your name. It does so much. It's a wonderful gift. It's a wonderful grace to us that you left us with a roadmap. You left us with with inspiration. You left us with something that we can feed upon. For you said in your word that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And tonight, Lord, we've come to listen to the words that you've spoken, to be challenged. And Lord, tonight I feel even to make war in the spirit against principalities and powers, against influences that are subtle and not so subtle. God, your word is a, is a sword that comes to sever and separate and to bring liberty and to bring your people into a place of greater understanding. So tonight I pray you would do that in my life, first of all, and in the lives of the hearers, Lord. We need your word now more than ever. We need your encouragement now more than ever. Lord, we need you to war in our lives now more than ever. So God, we just give free reign to your word to speak and to divide, Lord, tonight. To discern in Jesus' name, amen. So we're going to draw our attention tonight into the word. And we're going to look at at something I think that all of us as we delve into this will realize is becoming more and more apparent as time continues, as, as events take place, as culture shifts, as there are these massive shifts in the world and things that are happening, that there are, at the fundamental core of the world that we live in, there are two sources of inspiration, two sources of insight, two sources of inclination, two sources of wisdom, of influence and power that are shaping the world in which we live. And as I said, it's becoming 
more and more apparent. These two ways, these two sources of influence and, and power are, are brought out clearly and borne out clearly through God's word from Genesis all the way to Revelation. And they stand in stark contrast to each other as you read the word of God and the whole council. And I want to look tonight at the end book. I want to look tonight, go to the end game, God's end game, into Revelation. Because it's here, I believe, that we have portrayed for us in the writing of John, in this, in this divine revelation, in this unveiling that we'll talk about in just a moment. These, you have a very clear picture of these two influences laid out for us in graphic detail in a way that we can understand, in a way that we can imbibe, in a way that we can see the differences. And in seeing those differences in the Word of God, we can begin to allow the Word of God to shape our discernments, to shape our mind and our worldviews as we look into this book and as we look into this message that was actually sent to the churches for a specific reason, both of these influences, both of these personages have power. Both of them have wisdom. Both of them have influence. Both have a way and both have a path. I want to talk to you for a few minutes about the way of the lamb and the way of the dragon. The way of the lamb and the way of the dragon. In the book of Revelation, it is called the Apocalypse of Christ. Apocalypto. And, and the, the book is literally titled, uh, if, you, if you were to break that word down, the tearing back. The tearing back, the rending back, the unveiling of Jesus Christ. So it is the ripping back of everything that is seen. Everything that, uh, that is, that is uh, without our, uh, our natural ability to see, to sense, to feel uh, in the natural. This book is the removal and the removing of the temporal to make way for the eternal. To show us what is really at stake. To, to reveal to us what is really going on behind the scenes. And, and that is what Jesus did when he visited John on the Isle of Patmos in John's weakness, in his captivity. He tore back the veil. He, he, he translated him into this, into this realm, into this understanding, into this revelation, and showed him the inner workings of the spiritual world that surrounded his natural world. He, he tore back the veil. And said, John, this is what it really is all about. This is what is really happening. These are the shaping influences of your world. This is what uh, the battle is all about. And he showed him what was happening all around him, even though John couldn't see it in the natural. And, and he laid out for him what this, the prevailing influences were in the world. The Holy Spirit, Christ, uh, unveiling to John what these influences were in his world. And John got a front row seat to what was behind the veil. A front row seat, and he translates that to us in the best way possible. In the best imagery that he could communicate to us, he hands it down to us so we can begin to, like him, grapple with this reality. 
And how many of you know as a Christian, we need to grapple with this reality, with the things that are unseen, the things that are eternal. So we begin to understand what is shaping that which is natural, that which is fleeting and and failing and falling away. And this whole letter that John writes revolves around these two prevailing forces, the power of the lamb and the power of the dragon. And and there's no middle ground if you read Revelation mentioned here, but uh, in between, you know, the lamb and the dragon, there is no Switzerland. So those of us that, that kind of take the, the, the easy way out, well, so I'm not for God and I'm not for the lamb and I'm not for the devil. I don't believe in either of them. You're either on one side or the other. There's no demilitarized zone. There's no Switzerland. There's nothing in between. The Bible says you're either influenced by the lamb or you're influenced by the dragon. And that's the, that's the discernment, that's the cutting of the word of God, that it brings us into this reality, into this place where we are called to make a choice. We are called into uh, culpability, where we need to make a choice in this reality. Are we going to follow the way of the lamb, or are we going to be influenced by the way of the dragon? And that's what we have here. And we, we are either under the influence of the demonic, or under the influence of the Lamb in the book of Revelation. Let's look at these two people together, these two persons. Let's look at the Lamb first, because he deserves to be first, right? Revelation 5, 6, And I beheld, and lo, in the midst of the throne, and of the four beasts, and in the midst of the elders, stood a Lamb, thank God, as it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God, sent forth into all the earth, the one from above, and the, or sorry, this is the one from above. And then we have the one from below, the dragon. Revelation chapter 12, we'll begin there, and then we'll jump over into also in a little bit later into Revelation 14. But Revelation 12, 7, and there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought in his angels, and they did not prevail. Neither was their place any found place found any more for them in heaven and the great dragon was cast out that old serpent called the devil and satan which deceives the whole world he was cast out into the earth and his angels were cast out with him now this is the backdrop of this book all of the imagery all of the seals, all the mysteries, all of the angels, all of the saints, all of the plagues, all of the judgments, the lightnings, the natural disasters, the bowls, the wars, all of that revolve around these contrasting persons, the lamb and the dragon, and, and point to this final outcome of the struggle that began before man was formed in the garden. This war in the heavenlies that is now taking place on battlefield earth. This, this, con- this conflict uh, that we see in Revelation culminating in the return of the Lamb and his power being demonstrated in consuming Antichrist and his kingdom and binding this dragon and casting him into the, the, uh, the eternal lake of fire. So this, this word, these letters were, were written at the time to show the, the triumph of the lamb and, and, and his followers to encourage a church, a people that were living in deep persecution and affliction. 
At this point in history, there's a target on Christians' backs. The, the, the Roman rulers at this time, they, they, they had made it up in their minds and their hearts. If we kill enough of them, those that are Christians will give up the way and will put an end to this, this movement, this, this, this God, this, this one that is challenging uh, Caesar's rule. We will put an end to this. If we kill enough of them, we'll scare the rest off. But how many of you know that you can't kill the thing that God had begun in the church. That the, the harder they tried, the, the more the church grew. The more they, the, the persecution fires burned, the more the fire of the Holy Spirit burned in the church. And this is the nature, you know, this, is, this has been the history of the church, that where the church has, has, has been in the greatest form of conflict, it has grown and it has deepened and, it, and, it, and the numbers and the ranks swell because you can't stop the lamb wherever the lamb goes, amen? I don't care how many guns, how many soldiers, I don't care if you own the media, I don't care what you're able to do if you censor people like they try and do in communist China, like they try and do there and shut up the gospel and punish and imprison. How many of you know there, that's the fastest growing church in the world in China where there are thousands of people coming to Christ. The more they oppose him, the greater his victory is. So this is to, to, to show the triumph of the Lamb. And, and to encourage a church that's in deep persecution. But it's also written to unveil the powers from below, to shed light on the way of the dragon, to, to cast light on his workings, to show where he's at work and to show his influences and the way in which he works, to rip away the veil covering his influence. So like John, this book holds us up and brings us for ourselves to experience this contrast, to see it for ourselves in, in, in writing these two very distinct influences and to make a choice. Will we be followers of the lamb and walk in his ways or will we be followers of the dragon under his influence, under his power and walk in his ways. And it's so important that we see this contrast, that we're aware of what powers are in this world, that we're aware what's influencing our thoughts, that we're aware of what's influencing our values, that we're aware of what's influencing our way of living. Do we have the fragrance of Christ? Are, are we messengers of grace and mercy and kindness? Or, or do we have the smell of dragon smoke in our clothes? Are, are we so familiar with the ways of sensuality? Are we so given to the ways of pleasure? Are we so given to, to that which is of self and comes from beneath? Are we influenced more from what is beneath? Are we influenced more from what is, what is heavenly? And this is important. This is what Revelation brings us to. It unveils not only this eternal struggle, but it also unveils what's going on in our heart. It also unveils where we stand in this. Am I a follower of the Lamb? Am I, am I lukewarm? Am I, do I have a name that I live and I'm actually dead? Am I, where am I in all of this? So it's a challenging book to take. It's a challenging thing when you begin to allow things to be peeled back. But how many of you know 
that it's safer to be in the hands of God and let God do some unveiling in our lives so that he may bring correction, so that he may bring influence into our lives, so that we are found walking with the lamb in these last days. How many of you know that? It's important. Who is inspiring you more? Who is influencing your decision-making? Who is shaping your goals and your values? Because whoever shapes your goals, whoever shapes your values is shaping your behavior. And whoever shapes your heart shapes your life's direction. And folks, I want to tell you, there are shaping influences in this world that are overshadowing the globe, that are overshadowing and moving And they are attempting to shape us in a way that is separate from the shaping power of the Lamb. And as followers of the Lamb, we are called upon by God the Father to hear his Son. Remember, that's what Jesus said to to Peter, James, and Son. This is my beloved Son. Hear you him. And that is the call of the Father to us, to hear his son, to be shaped by the Lamb, to follow his way, which leads to life, which leads to peace, which leads to eternal joy, to forsake the way of the dragon, the way below, with all of its seduction, with all of its promises of peace, all of its promises of fulfillment, of self-happiness, to find that narrow way, hallelujah, to find that narrow way, and stay on the path until we're home. Because the Bible says it is a narrow way. Jesus said there is a narrow way that leads unto life, but there is a broad path that leads to destruction. And we are to find that way. And thank God we have. Christ has led us into it, and he will safely see us home. And we are hot and heavy in this battle now. We are hot and heavy in the middle of it because we are constantly being lured away from the way of the Lamb. We are constantly being pushed into this way that's more convenient, into more self-serving pastures and paths. And and the Lamb's way is so counterintuitive to our way and the way of the dragon. It's so opposite of our own inclinations that we, all of us, are, 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 we tend to be Without God's help, we're open to this way of the dragon more easily in our flesh. We're, we're, we're more easily swayed sometimes in that way. But yet we are called to embrace the lamb. We are called to embrace our cross. We are called to follow Christ into a life of servanthood. We are called to be filled with humility. We are called to be filled with this heart of laying down our lives for others. Filled with kindness, his mercy, his forgiveness, his grace. And yet, ultimately, ironically, filled with his power. Filled with all of these things. Love for care for the weak, the powerless, the hurting, the forgotten, the broken, the wayward. And it's a funny thing when you, when you look at this and when you look at it through the, through the lens of Scripture that all of those that follow the dragon, they're, they're, there is this desire, there's this, this hunger for power, for importance, for influence, for strength. And, and the Scriptures are, 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 are very telling. All of those things they seek for. And what's amazing about it that God actually gives those things to those who follow in the footsteps of the Lamb. 
He gives strength. He gives influence. He, he, he gives power. He gives importance. He gives those things over into those who choose to follow and lay down their lives. It's an amazing thing. And, and this kingdom is ultimately turned over to the lamb and his lambs, which is very interesting because that's the gospel. That's the, that's the message is when you lose your life is when you find it. When you lay your life down is when you're raised up. God exalts the humble and wars against the proud. It's an amazing thing. And as you exchange your weakness, God gives you his strength. Those things that you long for are found at the end of your own strength. It's an amazing thing. It's the way of the lamb. And we, off, we, we often, I find myself need to be reminded of this way, to re, be reminded that we are followers of someone that love people, someone that served people, someone that gave himself for people wholeheartedly. And he did it with humility. He did it with kindness. And he did it with servanthood. And I need to be reminded of that. I need to be, to be reminded, and it needs to be in my economy of thinking, that the one that I serve is from above. He's not from beneath. He doesn't seek his own. He seeks to serve his father. He seeks to do the will of his father. And, and, and we need to hear that. We need to so desperately to hear this call to this higher way of living because we are living in a world that is given to a lower way. We are living in a world that is so influenced by the dragon. We are living in a world that, that is so upside down and, and so confused and so riddled with, with so many things that are contrary to God's heart. We need to be reminded, dear brothers and sisters, that we are in the way of the Lamb. That we are walking in the way of our Master. The desire for more money, the desire for power, the desire for platform, the desire to be known, the desire for prominence, the desire for self-satisfaction, self-actualization, self-fulfillment, for happiness apart from God. Is, is, this is the world that we're living in. We celebrate narcissism in, our, in ourselves and in our children. It's in our culture it, it, it's, we promote influencers that are so full of themselves. We elect politicians that care only for themselves and their political interests. The mark of the dragon is all around. Yet in the midst of that, we are called by God to live wholeheartedly. As we heard Pastor Nick share on Sunday, a stirring message to live wholeheartedly for God. To follow the Lamb. And not only just follow him, but to imbibe his spirit, to take up the same path of, of, of giving over, of yielding, of submission to God and surrender to God's will and following after him wholeheartedly in his influence. I want to take a few moments now just to look at these two contrasting images because I, 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 I want to first inspire your adoration for the lamb. I want, I want to in, inspire that adoration and I want to stir, as we adore him, we are stirred up to follow him. 
We are stirred up to, to seek him. To, when you behold the pearl of great price, you want to sell everything. You want to follow him. No cost is too great. There's nothing that you won't give when you see him. And the other, when we look at the other, I want you to feel such reproach and to feel such a desire to reject wholeheartedly the way from below, the way of the dragon, that we actually make war with the way of the dragon in our own lives, that we put our foot to the door and we say, we don't want this influence in my life. I don't want the smell of smoke on my clothes. I don't want his influence in my home. I don't want his influence in my heart. I want to follow the lamb. Look at the way of the lamb. In Revelation 5, 6, we read of the lamb. The word for lamb here is arnanon. And it's the only place in the Bible, and I didn't know this, so this is new to me. Had I heard it before, I may have forgotten it. But it's the only place in the Bible where this word for lamb is used. It's very interesting. Throughout the New Testament, Jesus called the lamb. But here in Revelation, it's a special word. And it's used 28 times in different forms in Revelation. And it means little lamb. So this isn't just a lamb. This is a lambkin. This is like the smallest lamb. It's a newborn. It's a small, innocent, frail lamb. And in and, and Revelation 5, 6, as I read it before, we're introduced to God's lambkin. And, and this is the beginning of the great contrast of these two ways, two powers. Here in this word, God is sending us a message. Here in this word, God is speaking to our hearts about his nature, about his heart, about his character, what he sees as power, what he sees as, as, as mighty. Because what we value as mighty oftentimes is not mighty at all. What we value and what we put in place as important in God's eyes, God reduces it all down here when we see Jesus as this little lamb. It's the smallest thing in the picture. You read that and there's this great throne, these mighty beasts, and in the middle of it there's this little lambkin standing. John's given this name for Christ by God. And, and one would think that if you were going to inspire your believers, your, your children with the Roman Empire just, just knocking at their doors and feeding them to lions and burning them, you would think, man, wouldn't you want to choose some, a, a better mascot? You know, I don't know. I don't know about these things. But God in his wisdom says, no, this is your mascot. This is your champion, my lambkin. This is what I value more than anything. I, I, I'm speaking something to you. I'm speaking something because in this life is all power resides. In this life, all glory resides. The host of heaven stands behind this lamb. All heaven adores him. All heaven defends him. All heaven does his bidding. It, 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 creation, it, when he speaks, is, 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 it bows to his will. And so John's given this name. And, and I, I just started, I had to laugh and said, why didn't you stick with the lion from the tribe of Judah? That's a bit better. You know, it's like at least he's a lion. At least like, you know, there's some ferocity there. But no, we're, we're, the first time John sees him, he says, I see a lamb. And, and, and our first look into his ways is found in this. It's found in this. And, and, you know, 
this reviles human strength. Like, like, like as a man, it's like, you know, as a carnal man looking at this, you're like, come on, really? In my fleshliness, I'm talking about like, come on, seriously, that's a bit lame. That's a bit, but this is God speaking. So God is conveying to us something very, very real, something very powerful. Here he is. He's so small. Not only is he small, he's bloody. He's been wounded. So this lamb's been beaten up. He's been hurt. He's been killed. And that's what it says. As a lamb that was slain, he, he's shown the marks of, of death. And, and yet all power and all dominion is being turned over to this small lamb. It's amazing. God is conveying a message to you and I how he views power, how he views those who are worthy to wield power, those who are worthy of influence and power and, and adoration. He's like, you know, he's not the biggest in the room. He's not the, he's not, he is the biggest in the room, but he's not. He's the greatest in heaven, but you can't tell by looking at him here. This sight, this, this, this little lamb has in his hands the deed to the earth. And it shows you the contrast. I want, I want to hurry on here. Humble and weak and broken, bleeding, and now he's endowed with power. He isn't asserting his great authority. He isn't puffing out his chest. He isn't the largest one in the room. He is there in all meekness, but, but shrouded in power and glory. It's an amazing thing. This is our God. This shows you the humility of God. This shows you the heart of God. He is there, a lambkin, but the power of heaven is his. There's so much can be said there, but just hold that place just a moment because we're going to come back. Revelation 12, 9. I want to look at the dragon really quickly. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan. In Revelation 13, 1, it talks about him empowering this, this beast that comes out. And it says that the dragon gives him his power and people worship the dragon it, I, I don't have time to go into it, but you can read Revelation 13, 1, 13, 2. It's interesting reading. So, so here in these verses, we have the dragon, ominous, powerful, full of fire, full of strength. The Bible says it takes an angel army to get him out of heaven. He's full of influence. He's full of gravitas, machismo. There he is. He's there. He's snorting. He's, he's, he's full of, of them. He's full of himself. He's there, and, and he is wielding influence. He is wielding power. He is, he is just, you know, full of this influence, full of all that the world would want if it were asked. He's full of fame and influence and power and riches and wisdom. He has the fear and respect of everyone around him, and he has control. He has all of those things. So we see such a contrast. One is so small, so seemingly weak, so bruised, and the other is pulling angels down with his tail. It's an amazing, it's an amazing thing animating a giant world system, breathing life into it, influencing it, 
so that it defies God and that it blasphemes him. This is the influence of the dragon. If you were a betting person, pound for pound, you would not put your money on the lamb. Sorry to say. Like if you were just to look at it, if you were, if you were into betting, uh, you know, not the, <laughs> not the, but if you were a betting person, you wouldn't say, well, I'm putting all my money down on the lamb. No, you would think, well, the dragon's got this, no problem. But we know better. This is the way of the dragon. It's, it's characterized by power, control, dominance, machismo, and ultimately self-serving motives that draw men to himself. That's the dragon. And they worship the dragon that gave power to the beast. And, and here is just one way of the dragon. This is what I'm going to look at for about three minutes. Just give it to me there. But here is just one way of the dragon which quickly comes to the forefront in this. This is what I see. This is what you can, can be seen in the way of the dragon. Because that's what we're talking about, the way of the dragon and the way of the lamb. And, and, and it's found in this. It's this here I am mentality. Here I am. I'm on the scene. Here I am, worship me. Here I am, I'm important. Here I am, feed my ego. I'm here to feed my own desire for recognition. I don't care who I hurt. I don't care what happens, what I leave in the wake of my path. I want your adoration. And I'll stop at nothing to get it. I'll break families, I'll break kingdoms, I'll break nations, but you will worship me. I'll put you in fear and trembling on your knees before me. And this is the dragon. This is what he does. I'll seduce I'll, any way I can. I will manipulate. I will lie. I will cheat. I will do everything I can. Even underhandedly in darkness, I'll send my demons. I'll send my influence. And I will gather people to myself because it's all about me. And this is the way of the dragon. Here I am. It's about me. Here I am, this about my world. It's about what I can take, what I can get. And you see this played out in these verses. He is large and he's in charge to bring men and women to worship him. Here I am, notice me. Feed my need to be seen. Feed my desire to be validated. And this is one of the main components of this beast that rises. It is taking. If you read, it's taking, it's taking, it's taking. And the dragon is always taking, 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 and never giving. Never giving back. Always taking. Not concerned for the poor. Not concerned for the you know, the nations that are under his power, the children that are starving, the families that are struggling, all is not concerned. He just takes and takes and takes. And I think, you know, the Bible says that he goes to make war with the saints. And I think this is the end time battle that we're in, this spirit of taking, this spirit of self-indulging, this spirit of self-importance, this spirit of selfishness, this spirit that wants to come and get into our lives that are following the Lamb, to put that within us and to get us into that same way of thinking. The way of the dragon is exemplified in here I am. Look at me. Here I am. I'm the biggest in the room. I'm the one that deserves this. I'm the one that, 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 that needs to be seen. And this is such a seductive spirit. 
It's okay to be about your own happiness first. It's okay to have your own truth. It's okay for you to seek your own will above God's in your life. You deserve happiness. You deserve good things to come to you. And it builds us into this mentality. What can I get out of this for me? What's in this for me? And what ends up happening is that we begin to see people as a means to an end. God help us. God help me. And in the end, we're left with shallow connections that really all about what people can give us. But thank God there's a call from heaven to come away from the way of the dragon. Away from self-entitlement. Away from selfish ambition, self-focus. And this brings us back to the lamb as I close out with this. What a contrast. Here I am. And now we see the lamb. And it's so different, isn't it? Angels bowing in a holy hush, worshiping him. Everybody there he's given life to. Everything there he's given value to. And he's still giving. Hallelujah. What a nature, what a wonderful savior that we serve. When he could rightfully say, here I am. When he could rightly say, I'm the largest in the room. He doesn't, he's still there giving. He's still there. And we don't hear, here I am. But we get this picture of the lamb, and instead he's saying, there you are. Isn't that wonderful? There you are. I died for you. I gave myself for you. And I'll continue to give you life. I'll continue to give and give you grace. I'll continue to give you power. One that deserves all the glory. One that could demand worship. One that could rightfully say, I'm entitled to your love, your affection, your adoration. He shows up here with the marks of death on him, slain for us. And in these marks, it's the mark of the lamb. And and here's this cry, there you are. You needed rescue, so I came. You needed healing, so I healed. You needed deliverance, so I delivered you. And this is challenging. This is challenging. One is stealing your attention, and the other has focused his love and affection on us. Isn't that wonderful? One is taking, and the other is giving. He has given himself wholly, fully for the Father and for us. And this, these characteristics are the way of the Lamb. There you are. Isn't that wonderful? I give myself away. I lay my life down for others. This is my way. This is my nature. It's not demonic. It's divine. It's not self-focused. It's selfless. And folks, this, if this doesn't unveil, this unveils my heart. It pulls back and shows, my goodness, so many times I see the dragon's influence in my life. I see selfishness. I I don't see these things, but when I look at this, it inspires me because that's the one I want to live for. Hallelujah. I want that in my life. 
I, I want that same heart. I want that same passion. I want that same humility. I, I need this in my life. I need to be delivered from the way of the dragon. I need to be delivered and set free from that influence, the burden of self-importance. I want it to go out of my life. And I want to have the same heart that when, when I see someone, it, there you are. Not here I am, but there you are. There you are. You're, you're important. You're valued. You're worth something. And, and this is the mindset of those that follow the Lamb. I give myself away. I lay down my life for others. I take interest in the one, the one that no one sees, the, the one that the dragon wants to devour. I see them. I'm not here to get what I can from you. I'm here to serve you. I'm here to love you. I'm here to give my life for others that they may see and understand the love of God through the demonstration of the way of the Lamb in my life. That there's such an influence, a heavenly influence in my life that I'm giving myself away for others. And through my life, there's something from heaven ringing true. There's something from God speaking. Look at these verses as we wind down. Let this challenge you. Let the Holy Spirit pull back the veil. You know, because folks, there are these competing influences in our lives. There's these, and, and I have to say, sometimes I, I feel I'm influenced by the lamb and other times I'm influenced by the dragon. I feel like these things are competing, but, but there's that cry within me, God, I want to be influenced by the lamb. I, I want to live a life like that, like God's lambkin that gave himself for something, that lived for something bigger than himself, that lived for others, that gave for others, for the joy that was set before him. He endured the cross, despising the shame. He humbled himself and took upon himself the role of a servant. God, I need that in my life. And I want you to challenge the way of the dragon in me. I want you to challenge the way of Adam. I want you to challenge it. And I want you to make war from heaven on those things in my life. So that when I live my life here, what little bit remains of my life on this earth, I want it to be the influence of the lamb, the way of the lamb in my life. James 3.17. But the wisdom that is from above, because we're talking about the way above and the way from below. The way above, the way of the lamb is pure and peaceable and gentle, easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. The way of the Lamb. Philippians 2, 3. I love this. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. That's the way, from, that's the way below. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interest, but take an interest in others too. Isn't that wonderful? And then Paul goes on to say, you must have the same mind that Christ Jesus had. You must have the same mind of the Lamb. That we begin to see that there is there's great power in giving ourselves away. We, see, we begin to see that there is great strength and weakness. We begin to see that there is, that, that the lamb flips everything over on its head and it's so counterintuitive. 
But as we give ourselves away, there's something that happens. Listen to what Philippians says. I love this. Let this mind be in you that was in the Lamb, though he was God. Did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. He gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself and obedient to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Therefore, God elevated him to a place of higher honor, of highest honor, and gave him the name above all other names, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue declared that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory and God the Father. Would you stand with me tonight? We're going to close. The way of the Lamb. The way of the Lamb. Folks, I don't know about you, but I'm challenged when I read about this. When I, I'm challenged when I read these scriptures and when I think about His way. The lowly way. I'm challenged when I think of this, this one who could have just demanded worship, donning a towel, taking up a basin and washing his disciples' feet and says, as I've done this to you, so do this. Carry this on. Carry this mentality with you. I want to pray tonight. I want to ask that, that the Holy Spirit would war, would declare war, and I know it already has, but, but, but in our own lives against the way of the dragon, that the influence of what's going on in this world would not captivate us, but we would be followers of the Lamb, amen? We would be followers of the Lamb. We would lay our lives down for greater purposes than ourselves. We, we, would, we would give ourselves away and, and, and we would have the same heart for others, for the broken, for the needy. For, for, for without hypocrisy, without partiality, we would, we would begin to value people that the dragon doesn't value and his system doesn't value but we would value them with the value of the Lamb. Let's pray. Father, I just pray tonight. As I read this, as I see this, Lord, I'm, I'm asking you for myself. I'm asking you for all of us here that we would be followers of the Lamb, that the way of the Lamb would be our way, that, God, we would be a people that say, there you are and not here I am. We would be a people that, that, that walk in this humility, but endued in, in, in with power, endued with strength. And the honor of heaven would be on our lives as we walk with you, Lord. God, I'm just asking you in, in, in the days ahead and in the weeks ahead and the months and years ahead that those that are under the sound of my voice, Lord, would, would continue to find that way growing in their life. The way of the Lamb. The way of the Lamb. I'm a follower of the Lamb and His way. 
God, move in our lives tonight. Bless us tonight. Enrich us with your spirit. And Father, help us to put our foot to the door of the ways of the dragon, to put our foot to the door of his influence, to put our foot to the door against, against the seduction of this age to live for ourselves and to get what we can out of this world. This world is passing faster than we know. God, help us to live, as Pastor Nick shared on Sunday, with a whole heart in pursuit of you. God, move in our lives in a powerful way that we imbibe the way of the Lamb and we live for you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you tonight. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I hope that's your heart tonight. As we leave here, I pray that God's Spirit puts something in you. And whenever you walk into a room, you think that way. And, and the Lord has done this for me. I just have to say that, that even reading this, how, do I, how am, am I that kind of person? A there you are person. And it's a good way to think, isn't it? God bless you tonight, Court Church. Thank you for joining us online. May God richly bless you all. Amen. Amen. Thank you for tuning in with us today. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Cork Church. Also, make sure to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you have any questions at all, you can email us info at corkchurch.com or just check out our website www.corkchurch.com. Again, thank you for tuning in and see you next time. God bless.